In fact, uh, this morning I'll have you prepare your Bibles for 1 Peter 5-6. through 6. I feel like I brought the wind here this morning. I agreed to take out the trash this morning. And then you know when you think, why did I say that? But I agreed to take out the trash. And here I was with all this trash this morning. And as soon as I got outside, this gust of wind hit me. You talk about the Holy Spirit being like the Ruach. In, in Hebrew, they call it the Ruach or the wind of God. I just got blasted. And uh, it was something else to see. And then I got here to this valley, and it's nice and windy too. But I'm glad that there's warmer weather. Amen. But I would say, uh, this morning we're going to look at 1 Peter 5, 6-11. through 11. 1 Peter 5. 6 through 11, and I put some of my notes. I wanted to share a text with you that I got from a friend last night. So a friend in Los Angeles, and let's talk about circumstance really cool, uh, really quickly uh, from this cool person, uh, Joanne, that I'm a friend with. I was texting her, you know when the Lord places someone on your heart? Has that happened to you before? All of a sudden, someone pops into your mind and you think, I really want to reach out to them. Well, last night I had one of those moments. And when you have that moment, I encourage you to truly reach out to that person and obey the Lord. So I reached out to my friend Joanne in Los Angeles, and I told her how much I valued her friendship, how much I valued her as a person, how much I missed seeing her in California and all these things, and how much our family loves and adores her. And she said to me, Uh, I said, I value your friendship. And she said, me too, Ryan, very much. I miss hanging out with you and your family. Everyone has gotten so mean. And lately, I'm just keeping my head down, not getting involved with mean people, just going to work, trying to sell whatever I can sell and keep it at that. And then I realized why the Lord put her on my mind encouragement. Are we not here to encourage one another? When you look next to you, when you look behind you, in front of you, the people that are in this room today, are we not called to be encouragers? So I don't know why, but I felt a a little sermon coming on and I said, you know what? I call her Jojo. You know what, Jojo? You're right. You are a child of the Lord. And the light does not belong to the darkness. And then I had my wife find this for me. What communion does light have with darkness? The most important thing to remember is that we belong to God's family. And then I said, okay, sermon done. <laughs> and she wrote back, no, I needed that. It's so, uh, it's so crucial to remember that we are the light. Amen. And we belong to the light. Hallelujah. And I'm very glad to say this morning that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Whenever circumstances come against us, when people are mean, just love on them. Amen? Doesn't mean you have to be a part of that behavior, but just love on them. Pray for your enemies, Jesus says. So our first, uh, our, 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 the title of the sermon I put here, you'll see it here, How to Circumvent Your Circumstance. Circumvent, hallelujah, how to get around that. So let's go ahead and read scripture this morning. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, 
and he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Oh, that's a hallelujah moment if I haven't heard one today. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong. He will restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. So since the year is still young, doesn't that sound like who you'd like to be this year? A restored person? A strong person? Firm? Even though my ankle wanted to give out of me at the hotel, I didn't fall. I stayed firm and I said, Lord, heal me. Lord, continue my restoration, even though I may suffer a while. The Lord might not heal me immediately like that, but you know what I can say? Thank you, Lord, for my healing. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. My ankle just gave out, and I'm still going to give you thanks for my healing. I won't let go of my healing. I know my healing's coming, and I want to thank you, Lord God. That is what faith is. Hallelujah. And he says here, Firm and steadfast. Praise God. Now I am from the, I grew up in the 80s. I was born in the 70s and I grew up in the 80s. But a lot of times I connect with movies from the 80s. Do I have any 80s movies buffs here? Have you ever seen a movie called Labyrinth with David Bowie? What a cool movie. Labyrinth is one of the coolest movies ever. And this young girl... It's almost as though she kind of curses her life at the beginning. She's not digging, having to watch after her little brother Toby. She thinks her parents are like not really supporting her. And, uh, you know, she, she finally just wishes this whole thing away. I just wish it was all done. I wish my little brother was out of my life. I just wish my parents on and on and on and on. And unfortunately, just like Scripture said here, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. Something happens to her world. And she ends up trying to get back what she had the first time because she cursed it all and wished it all away. And she spends her time going through the labyrinth trying to get her her brother restored to her. But there's one part in the movie that really connected with me. She goes into this one portion of the labyrinth and it's her room. It's not her real room, but it is her room. You might recall this if you've seen the movie. And then all of a sudden, this little creature is next to her saying, oh, you know what? You're not caring enough. Here, you love this little teddy bear. She sticks it to her. Here, and look at this little picture. She sticks it to her. Oh, and don't you need this little chair? Kind of like everything starts sticking to her in this, uh, in this labyrinth room that looks like her room. And oh, you love this book and this hair comb and this and this and this. And before you know it, She's weighed down with all this junk. And she can barely move. She can barely maneuver. 
And I have to tell you, my son was just like that when he was a little guy. He used to run around the house and pick up so much stuff. He would have things sticking out of his undies in his pockets and he'd stuff things in his socks whatever he could fit in we have pictures of him when he's a little guy and he would go into a bathroom and grab toothbrushes and toothpaste and he would try to carry things he even tried to pick up like a listerine bottle and this kid's walking through the house like that little girl on the labyrinth and then when he was couldn't find any other place to put things you know what he learned to do use his neck he would just grab things and walk around the house with all of these things, it was like a, a big juggling act. But I would look at him. I would do one of these things like, oh, come on, son. And I'd say, if this is all really important to you, set it down. I will carry it for you. Where are we taking it? <laughs> Probably all end up in his little toddler bed back in those days. But the story of this young woman in the labyrinth, the story of my son... Sometimes we are just like that. We walk through life and we load on all of these things onto our lives, burdening ourselves with weights that we were never meant to bear, never meant to carry. When you think about it, stress, disappointments, anger, jealousy, fear, discontent. What are the things that we carry? Can you name some? Guilt? You know how many times I ask the Lord to forgive me and I think, why do I keep asking for forgiveness for the same thing? You know why? I'm guilty. Ah, so many things. Unforgiveness, when you think about that. Have you been to McCarran Airport? Now Harry Reid Airport and you see all these people walking around with luggage galore. When I flew to New York, I couldn't bring enough stuff. It was just like, I need this, I need that. If you ever saw that Steve Martin movie, The Jerk, he's picking up everything when he's leaving his house, his fancy mansion in the end. I need this, I need that chair, I need this lamp, I need on and on and on. And when you go to these airports, you see there's never an ending supply of luggage in this world. But our lives can be spiritually weighed down if we are not careful. Do you believe that? They can be spiritually weighed down and we could be just like one of those travelers trying to get out of McCarran Airport on like a Sunday, just weighed down with luggage. But God, I'm happy to tell you today, God did not design you to carry such burdens. Do you believe that, church? You are designed to live in the freedom of Christ Jesus and who the Son sets free is free indeed. That means that we can drop the baggage of life circumstances no matter what. But circumstance always pops up. I always think of that uh, jungle cruise at Disneyland. It always pops into my head. The next turn, what's going to happen? The elephant's going to spray you. The hippopotamus is going to be mad. The little piranhas are going to show up. You've been on that ride, haven't you? What's going to happen around the next corner? What is the circumstance that's going to come after me today? How many of you can say honestly that this year has already had quite a few circumstances already? And truly, it does happen. But uh, the shepherd, the shepherd knows, and that's who we have in Christ Jesus, the shepherd knows that we were not made for this place. He knows that we are not equipped for this place, so He has come to guide us out. He has come to restore our souls. He's the perfect one to do so. He has the right vision. Aren't you glad for that? 
He has the right vision, and he reminds you that you're like a foreigner and a stranger in this world. Talking about vision, I just went for my ophthalmology appointment, and they had to change my prescription for my right eye. Aren't you glad to know that Jesus has the right vision? (laughs) I might not, but Christ has the right vision. I have a funny story. There's this, uh, there's this, uh, this reenactment of a wedding. And uh, at this wedding, you never really know how, what people are going to be bringing to the altar, right? All of their disappointments, all of their hurts, all of their anger, whatever has come about them in the past. And sometimes people get into these situations where they think it is going to be better in the end. And then sometimes they realize that it isn't going to be quite what they thought. They realize that, you know what, to get over life's circumstance in general, you have to have a personal relationship with Christ Jesus for all of life's occasions. Isn't that true? No matter what you're going through in life, you're always going to need to draw deeper into a relationship with Christ Jesus. So... I learned very early on in my marriage, there's nothing my wife and I can't do with all that we bring from the past. And sometimes you might have been there too. The past can come up. Am I right? The past can come up. But how do you come to that altar full of luggage and have a successful relationship without dropping all of those bags first and being able to enter in to the freedom that Christ Jesus has for us. And this is just an idea to truly be the people that are unburdened by life's circumstance and be free. Hallelujah. I wanted to mention our first uh, point this morning. You'll see it here on the board. Do not carry your struggles. Carry trust in your God. Do not carry your struggles. Carry trust in your God. I went to visit my aunt a few months back. My uncle passed away. And the moment I went to sit down with her, boy, she talked about the past so much. How much it, you know, the family had hurt her and how many things had gone wrong, on and on. Have you, have, do you know some people like that or some family members? And I thought, this is not the newness of God. She's carrying those struggles decade after decade. But I'll tell you, we are not to carry our struggles. We're to carry our trust in the Lord. And every year, God will ask us to give more and more and more of our life to Him. Do you believe that? But if you're anything like me, and you have to be careful with this, you might put God on a tiered system. (laughs) You might put him on a system and say, well, you know what, Lord, I'll hand over a certain amount this year. I'll hand over a certain amount this year. On and on. But I'll tell you, it's time to truly drop these things that we need to leave at the altar of the Lord. And you know, sometimes that's the best thing to do is to leave things at the feet of Jesus. To tell the Lord, you know what, Lord? I'm tired of trying to do things my way. I'm tired, Lord God, of disobeying you, trying to handle my finances, handle my family my own way, have my own career path, have my own education path, what I want to do, what I want to do, what I want to do, without including the God who controls the universe. Very often, we're all guilty of that. 
Very often we want to do things like I said on the, I think the last time I, I was here, like Frank Sinatra's song, we want to do it our way, which is such a mistake. We want to do things the Lord's way. By telling the Lord that we can handle things on our own, like I tried to do at the hotel before I started delegating to my staff, and here I was, oh, okay, it's, uh, my body's had enough. But we don't want to carry our own life and our own struggles and our own strength and tell the Lord that we do not fully trust Him. Trusting the Lord is the most important thing you could ever do with your life. Because once you trust Him, you will obey Him. Once you obey Him, that blessing is so powerful. Hallelujah. We want to be the people that trust the Lord with our life. We want to share in His blessing, His strength. We want to share in His power. He asks us as His own children to rely on Him. If you have children, you want them to rely on you. Am I wrong? When I took my daughter to New York, she was so afraid. Oh, all these people are scary. You know, there's some nuts running around and on and on and on. And she would draw in close to me and I would tell her, Honey, don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. You can rely on me. You can rely on me. You will be protected. I have you. You'll be fine. I have you in my covering. But I can tell you the best life, hallelujah, that is lived is the life that is lived through God's strength. Through God's strength. That is the best life that you can live. His perpetual blessing, His heavenly power, and I have to tell you, you have to be the kind of person that wants the best. When I worked and ran the Win Rolex boutique, I had the luxury of cherry picking the best associates I could find, and it made all the difference. I could say, you know what? Surrounding myself, I want the best. I want quality. I want the, the best that the Lord can provide. Amen? And let me tell you something. He is a provider. And He wants to provide. And He wants to pour out. Peter, he pleads with us, cast all your anxiety on Him. And why? Because He cares for you. Isn't it good to be cared for? Sometimes I'll come home and my wife has one of her amazing gourmet salads. She can make a salad like, unlike anything, she, I, I'm just a big salad person. Anybody else here? Just by chance? Absolutely adore it. She'll just concoct this creation and it's almost too pretty to eat. It's just amazing. And she'll have my little table laid out and she'll have, you know what she always forgets though? And I'm sure she'll listen to this later. Yeah, she will. She always forgets the napkin. <laughs> and even with the kids, she'll forget the napkin. And I'll go grab and say, here, here's a napkin. And my kids will say, no, we don't need one. You know why they think that? Because they're so used to having the food without the napkin. And I'll say, no, 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 wait a minute. In most civilized societies, they eat with napkins and you're going to have one. <laughs> I tell them the caveman days are over. You're going to have a napkin. Here, they're everywhere in this house. But I'll tell you, when she lays out that, that whole table for me when I come home, and I have to be very honest with you, sometimes in life it's not always easy to handle everything. 
Sometimes it's not easy in circumstance to handle the stress, the agitation, the, uh, you know, sometimes uh, even people can, can drain. Uh, if you understand uh, what I'm telling you, you, you'll know exactly what I mean. There, there's some folks that can really drain you and uh, come after you. And, and, and after a while, you're like Moses, I just need to get away. Or even like Jesus on the lake, I just need a little break. I need a little break. But I'll tell you, I come home sometimes not the most joyful person. Can you do that too? And here I come home, not joyful, beaten down, tired, my ankle hurts, the money's not coming in, the store's been slow, all these people are expecting results, and it is a result-driven world, amen? And all these things have gone wrong, and I come home, and here's that beautiful salad. Here's my fork. Here's no napkin. <laughs> Here's my, uh, my drink for the evening, my soda, whatever it is I might ask for or call in on the way home. And it's good to be cared for. And I'll tell you one thing, no matter what happens, that's what we have in Christ Jesus. We're not here to carry all these things. We're here to trust in the God that will carry us. Hallelujah. Lord, carry me. Get me through the day. Amen. But I can tell you truly, that is the best life, is when we are cared for. Hallelujah. And you see, we're not made to carry struggle. We're not made to carry anxiety. You may even think you deserve to carry it. And that's called the guilt complex. Have you ever told yourself, I deserve that? I do that a lot. Because I, I often think I'm not worthy. <laughs> I often have that. The Lord died for me. I'm not worthy. I think of these things. But sometimes we think we may deserve to carry that, uh, the, the, these, that baggage, these things. But maybe it's too heavy to hand over. We've carried it so long, we don't want to hand it over because we're just so used to it. It's become familiar. Maybe it's become a part of who we are. Sometimes people say very defeatist things about themselves. Have you been around someone like that? I've said that about myself once in a while. But I'll tell you one thing. Remember, Scripture says the devil, uh, he ventures around like a roaring lion. Lies. The father of lies roars around. He's there to pounce whenever he can. But maybe, sometimes you might think that there's no one on earth that's big enough to help carry and get this baggage and luggage that you've been carrying for years off of you. And you would be right. No one on earth but someone in heaven. Hallelujah. We have a heavenly father. Jesus said to Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Binding and loosing. Interesting passage of Scripture here. It refers to decisions that we make on a daily basis. So when we're in difficult struggles, we have the responsibility to bring them to the house of God. Take it. Do you remember that old hymn? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. But I'll tell you, I thought about this thing of binding and loosing. I want the influence of Satan bound in my life and the victory of the Lord loosed in my life in a big way. Hallelujah. I want us all to be hungry for God's victory. Don't you want to be victorious this year? Every week that we come here 
you know what we're doing? We're practicing for eternity, praise God. We are the ones that are called to be the victors. Amen. And sometimes all we need in life is a steady rock. And that's exactly what Jesus is for us. Isn't that true? Our second point this morning is, repentance transfers worry and stress to the Lord for Him to bear for us. I love to know that I have Jesus. I love to know that I have someone that is by my side. Amen. One who hears my words and puts them into practice, it says in Luke, is like a man who builds a house, who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Aren't you glad to have a rock? I've been going out to Valley of Fire ever since I was a teenager here, and there's some rocks out there I just love to climb on, and it's been there for decades. Do you ever go out there? What a place. I love to know that every time I want to go back to that favorite rock and just climb right up its side, it's going to be there. And that's what we have in Christ Jesus. Amen? Uh, God who will always be there for us. Now I will say this, if you look, uh, I wanted to mention this in Psalm 18. I love the beginning of Psalm 18. It's uh, written by David. It says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Don't you want to love God more this year? Pastor Dave always says, Pastor David always says, love God more than your favorite sin. (laughs) And I always like that. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Don't you want a refuge? Hallelujah. He is my shield and my horn and my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. And I am saved from my enemies. It's good to be saved. Hallelujah. It is good to be saved. So when we hear these words from Jesus, and even Matthew records them, Jesus calls and says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Have you needed rest? Who here can say, I need rest. I need spiritual rest. My wife told me the other day, hey, I can tell all the stress is taking a toll on you. And I got to tell you something. Don't pick it up and carry it. Rest. Hallelujah. So that's what I've been doing this weekend. I have been resting. Amen. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Isn't that an interesting thing for the Lord to say? It's such an amazing thing for the Lord to say. It's an amazing statement because I want you to think about it closely. And because no one will ever give you an offer like that. Am I wrong? No one's going to offer you an, uh, a deal like that. And you remember what Marlon Brando said. You remember in The Godfather? What did he say? Anybody remember? I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. <laughs> the Lord is going to make you an offer 
you can't refuse. And I'll tell you today, don't refuse him. I'll read it one more time. Come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I took this job, my boss didn't say, take this job, for it's going to be easy and the burden is going to be light. No. Have you ever done a really hard college course? I used to love to get the syllabus. The, the very beginning was the not torture part of taking a course at UNLV. And I used to love to get the syllabus just so I could check out the reading, the writing, like to see everything I have to do, and on and on and on. But I'll tell you one thing. Syllabus, it would never say, uh, go ahead and take this course because it's going to be easy and the burden is going to be light. Not at all. Not at all. It doesn't happen. But do you know how many times in life we won't get a deal like this? It only comes from the Lord. But what do the words of Jesus really mean to our lives? In most cases, when you think about it, words don't really count for much. Am I right? In Las Vegas, they used to say when I was younger, ah, oh, the people in Vegas are so flaky. They all, you know, commit to making plans. Well, we'll hang out here. We'll go on this day and that day. And then they don't follow through. But I would tell you, Jesus says this, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. For when you are weak, then you are strong. Truly Christ's words would confuse even the most learned people. Who is this Jesus that could say such things? Strength and weakness. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mourners comforted. The meek made inheritors the hungry and the thirsty filled, the persecuted made righteous. You know how the Lord can say that? Because it's who He is. It's all about who He is. And Jesus, it says in Scripture, who is Jesus? If you look in John, Jesus is God made flesh. Hallelujah. Through Him all things are made. In Him is life. He is the light shining in the darkness. He was in the world and the world was made through Him. This is the Jesus that we have. It's all about who He is. So lastly this morning, our last point this morning, is this. Do not submit to your circumstance, but to the God who controls circumstance. Hallelujah. Praise God. I probably never told you this morning, and if my wife listens to this, I'm sorry, honey. Did I tell you that I was engaged when I was younger? Not to Jana. Did I ever tell you this story? 1997, I was engaged. Too young. I got engaged to a high school a high school sweetheart situation. I got engaged. We made the announcements, uh, set up the, the, the wedding uh, at the Flamingo, you know, got everything ready, uh, started paying for the honeymoon, the invitations. Everything was moving forward. Uh, just a, a young lady that I grew up with in high school. And 
Sometimes in life you might think things are meant to be. You're like, you know, it's meant to be. And here I was, a young guy engaged, and all of a sudden, about uh, two and a half months before the wedding, she called it off. I was absolutely devastated at the time. I couldn't believe it. And I was also embarrassed. You ever been embarrassed by something? I was also embarrassed. I had to undo everything. I had to try to recoup whatever money and deposits I could. I tried to undo and then, of course, try to explain to everybody what happened, which wasn't easy. My wife uh, jokingly called her my ex-wife. I've never... (laughs) I didn't have an ex-wife, but we don't talk about this too much in our house anymore. But uh, I would say, I was a young man, I was heartbroken, and I was devastated. And you know what I did? I ran to the God that controls circumstance. Hallelujah. I ran to the Lord's house, and I went in there, a young, devastated man, young man, And I went to the pastor and I said, I just went through this massive situation and I can't believe I've been through it. And he said something that was so crucial to me at the time. He said, don't worry about her. Return to your first love. Your first love will always be the most significant relationship you have. The relationship you have with Christ Jesus. Return to your first love. Hallelujah. So there I was, a young man, crushed by this circumstance, and the words of a pastor urging me to seek out the God that controls all of life's circumstances. I could have allowed this circumstance to really mess me up and dictate many wrong mistakes uh, going forward from my life. But you know what? I did the opposite. Thank God at that young, immature age, I decided to go to the God who controls circumstance, go to His house, and live the best life story I could from that moment on. And little did I know that just five years later, I would meet Jana. And end up being married almost 20 years with two kids that love the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. You might remember that I come from a jewelry background. And I have to tell you, a way to make a diamond better is to cut out flaws. A way to make a diamond more clean and more clear is to let the diamond cutter Take off those inclusions so you can shine bright. Hallelujah. And that's the work of God right there. You have to let Him remove the things that need to be removed. Amen? You have to let Him infill and instill the things from Him that need to place, be placed in that void. When He takes something off, you can fill it with something with Christ Jesus. Amen? Or His Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. James states in chapter 4, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Praise God. Don't you want to be lifted up? I want to be lifted up. You know, one thing I realized when you're up, and that's uh, something that we've all experienced in a plane, you get a different perspective. 
You get a different perspective when you're higher. And that's the perspective we want in our life as God's perspective. Amen. Like I mentioned to you a couple weeks back, if you fly over the Alps, they don't seem as big as when you're on the ground. Think, easy to get over these, right? When you fly over the Rockies, easy. I'm in a different perspective. That's the perspective we need, God's perspective. And then James, he knew that Satan is the grand opportunist of life's circumstances. When you're sick, the devil's ready to pounce. When your relationships are broken, when you're sad, when you're lonely, when you're having uh, relationships that are rocky, marriage that is rocky, when things are going crazy, the devil is right there roaring like a lion, waiting to pounce on us, on our mindset. Amen? And you know what I do often? What I do often is I worship, just like we did this morning. I worship because for thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. Hallelujah. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. We need a shield. Amen. Yet James gives us the key to success. In Scripture, James is saying that we are to yield to the authority of Christ Jesus. This is the year to yield. What happens if I didn't yield to those uh, speed signs coming through this valley? Could be trouble. That's right. And that's why I warned my wife. I said, when you go through, you've got to keep track. 55, no 45, no 35, no 55 again. No back to 35. I said, honey, watch these things. Yield to what you are being told. And in the, our relationship with the Lord and His authority, we are to yield to Christ Jesus. We are to commit our life to Him and commit it to His control. And we have to be willing to follow Him. Amen. And glorify His name in our life. Resist the devil and he will have no choice to flee. The important words, yield, commit, follow, and glorify. Yield. Commit, follow, and glorify. So as God's children, as we close the, uh, today, we are to wash our hands. We are to purify our hearts. We are to cleanse our life from sin, even our favorite sins. Amen. We are to replace all of these things with a hunger and an experience for God. Hallelujah. A hunger for the Lord. I have to tell you just real quickly, there's this restaurant at the Wynn Hotel called SW, Steve Wynn. SW Steakhouse is amazing. It's an experience. There's this thing called the Lake of Dreams. And there's two, every half hour, there's these two spheres that come on the lake and they float around. One is pink and one is blue. And they put on this beautiful music. And the blue sphere is going through the water and start sending out vibes through the water. And you see these rays of light going out. And then the pink sphere catches the blue vibe and she comes out and starts sending out pink vibes. And then, before you know it, the two lights start hitting each other and these two spheres start dancing together. And you're watching this and thinking, what a show. Then, they have these beautiful flowers that come up in the back of the wall of water, and these flowers begin to dance, and you're thinking all of this is just what an experience with this gorgeous music. But you know what takes the highlight? The filet mignon. 
as soon as that waiter puts that filet in front of me, the show, the wall of water, there's even this cool show with uh, David Bowie singing and a space shuttle comes up and an astronaut comes out singing to everybody and floating around in the sky. But as soon as that filet mignon comes out, I have to tell you, I know what's important. (laughs) So I'll tell you today, the Lord is the most important thing no matter what our environment is like. No matter what's going on, good or bad, no matter what it is, we are to remember truly that we are to yield, commit, follow, and glorify because the Lord is what matters. Amen? And what Jesus did for us on the cross is the most significant thing that has ever happened. And we need to remember to go higher in the Lord this year. As James rightly states, humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. And we are to remember that today. And in lifting you up, sometimes the Lord won't completely lift us out of our circumstance, but He will lift us up to His perspective to see it from His perspective will change everything. Amen? Because He is the God of victory. He is the one that helps us be the overcomers. And sometimes there are going to be lots of times when we are afraid. When my daughter gets into big public spaces, I always notice she draws closer to me. But I'm the one that has to prove to her that because she's with me, there's nothing to be afraid of. Hallelujah. And that's what we do. So don't be afraid to hand over to the Lord this year what you need to hand over. Don't be afraid to drop the things you need to drop. Amen. Take the plunge. Hallelujah. Take the plunge in God's spirit. You don't have to own the bags. You can disown the bags. You know what happens with luggage? It always has that tag that might have your name on it. This is the year to rip off that tag in Jesus' name and say, this bag I will not carry any longer in Jesus' name. I'm going to replace it with God's Word. Hallelujah. We're here to dive deeper in Christ Jesus. And it says in Psalm 23, and we can fear no evil. And you know why? Because He is with us. The Lord is with us. Praise God. Let's go ahead and stand and pray. Lord, this is the year to truly... Be the free people of God. Lord, we thank you that no matter what happens in this life, Lord, we have you, Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to be the people that truly release the things that need to be released. Binding and loosing, hallelujah. And replacing with the things of God, Lord. Bless this church. Bless the people in this church, Lord God. Bless their lives. Give them the strength of your spirit, Lord, to be able to be the people that drop the luggage of life and pick up God's word in their hearts. Help us to be the people, Lord God, that repent and begin to scripturally live our lives, Lord, just as you've told us to. May we commit to you, yield to you, live in your victory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And may we pray for one another. Amen.